0: Previously on Winglings, Winnie and Em made it to the Orchid Clan, where they told Oliver all about the Dark Army gaining ground. Oliver already knew a lot about the happenings of the outside world, since he'd captured a Luna. Winnie and Lou spoke to it, and Lou got it to reveal that Light Pixie could be spread through water as well. While they weren't looking, the Luna sent a smoke signal to get the attention of its tribe. It worked. It worked. The orchids and pixie knots were forced to evacuate immediately. They made it out just before the lunar queen and her minions could arrive. Lucky for the orchids, the jolly Leafer sailed up to rescue them. And now for episode twelve, sinking hope. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. he had done it again, another clan conquered. He leaned against an umbrella-shaped evergreen tree and watched as the snapdragon fairies were rounded up in batches. The short, pudgy snapdragons with their wide-set eyes and wide mouths howled angrily. Their once beautiful kingdom of umbrella trees and tall snapdragon flowers was now nearly laid to waste. Minions trampled the flowers underfoot. And some lit the trees on fire just to watch them change colours as they burned. A couple of dark fairies left the rock as scene to bring the Snapdragon Prince before the toad. The prince's snapdragon-shaped crown lay askew atop his head. His wide mouth quivered. You won't get away with it. <laughs> I already have, Timothy croaked. He held out his webbed hand and one of the dark fairies placed a shadow stone in it. Tim rubbed the stone and held it up to make sure it was real. He could tell by making sure that no light passed through it. He grinned. It was real. You almost made it out, he said, unsheathing his Zaxxon and adding the stone to its blade. It hissed like a hot core being dropped into water. How did you know we were taking it? The prince asked. Tim touched the blade to the ground, and a trail of shadow killed the moss up to the prince's foot. It stopped, and the prince sprang back. The Dark One knows all, Timothy said. I know you were all scrambling to hide your stones from me, but it's too late. I have all I need. Your quest from the Rose Clan was a failure. I never thought I'd see the day when the Snapdragons took orders from the Roses. We take orders from no one, the Prince growled. Timothy's tongue shot out, grabbed the Prince and yanked him in close. Tim held him by the collar. You take orders from me! He dropped the prince and then raised his shadow's axon. Bring out the belly scales! The minions cheered, drums pounded, an enormous black and green lizard with a bloated belly waddled into the middle of the kingdom. Raising its nose and standing on its hind legs, it sprayed water high into the air. Rock snail, Timothy spat. Black smoke sprayed from the tip of his sword and formed a thick cloud overhead. As the lizard's water rained down, it passed through the cloud and fell upon the kingdom in dark splashes. With every touch of a black drop, the snapdragon fairies changed. They paled. Bags formed under their eyes. They stopped howling and instead started holding out their arms to embrace the black rain. Among them was the prince. His angry expression was now blank. Dark waters streaked down his face. What is thy will, Dark One? He said. Timothy took a moment to enjoy the cool, dark rain on his rubbery face. He looked down at the now bowing prince. You and your army will march with us. As you wish. Timothy raised his sword again. The darkness spreads! The darkness spreads! His minions shouted back. Timothy turned and sheathed the shadow saxling. Its voice filled his mind. Now we need Willem's stones, it hissed. With them we will be unstoppable. I am already unstoppable, Timothy whispered. You will only be truly invincible when you have his shadow stones and thrust me into the tree of the dead. The stone's power will combine into one soul and imbue you with supreme power. Only then will you be able to reign forever. I have doubled the gods at the tree. I will take the last stones from Will. Then I will make him drink the water. No. "'The Zaxlin said. "'When we find him, we will end him. "'His light is too strong. "'We cannot risk him not changing fully. "'He would poison our ranks. "'As long as he has power, he will use it to slow us down.' "'His power is no match for mine!' (laughs) "'Timothy growled. "'You must not underestimate the Daffodil King!' "'He has wielded pixie beyond that of past kings. "'He is reckless. He is powerful. "'He is your weakness.' "'I have no weakness.' "'Timothy took his webbed hand off the sword handle, "'and the voice was gone. "'On the other side of the sea, "'me, Mags, and Em reached the shores of the Rose Kingdom.' It'd taken us much longer than we'd hoped, and countless wind spells to push our little sailboat quickly. Mags and I had taken turns casting the spells. Some of the gusts had sent us flying up and over swells. Others barely pushed us a few extra feet. As we flew off the boat onto shore, I could feel Em's weight taking its toll. I had insisted on wearing her on my back, even on the boat, just in case we capsized. I wasn't going to take any chances. It wasn't so much her size that had weighed me down but rather her shadow the dark pixie around her hung over me like a heavy blanket i unstrapped her and set her down she was completely pale now her beautiful orange hair was white with streaks of black there were dark bags under her eyes and black spots on her tongue she curled up and quivered occasionally words escaped her mouth but i couldn't make them out they were strange Guttural and quiet, almost a hiss. Magborn took one look at her and shook his head. You shouldn't wear her anymore. What are you talking about? Of course I'm going to wear her. Look at her. She can't walk, let alone fly. We'll have to carry her, all right. But in front of us, having her behind you is dangerous. Dangerous? This is M we're talking about. She's not dangerous. She's sick. "'Scrub, the dark has taken its hold. "'She's putting up a fight to be sure, "'but even that small sip was enough to change her. "'Once the change is complete... "'He looked down at her and back at me. "'There's no telling what she'll do.' "'Magborn scooped her up. "'I grabbed his arm. "'Will,' he said. "'You're not looking much better than her. "'I need to take a turn.' "'Fine,' I relented. "'I let go and followed Mags up the beach "'towards the two arching cliffs that nearly touched. "'They loomed high above us as we flew along the path "'next to the narrow channel. "'Just as we reached the other side, "'a guard flew down from one of the towers and stopped us. "'Hesper,' Mags said, cradling M like a little fairyling. "'I see you've been promoted. "'Congratulations.' The young, dark-haired guard shifted uncomfortably in his red armor. Thank you, your highness. We weren't expecting you to return so soon. The guard eyed Emerald warily. Why would you not be expecting me? Mag's big, bushy eyebrows frowned. I'm not at liberty to say, your highness. The guard's wings were now tucked behind his back. Move aside, Hesper. We have an urgent matter to tend to. Mags went to walk past Hesper, but the guard stepped in front of him. "'I'm sorry, your highness. I cannot let you pass. It is part of the agreement.' "'Agreement? What is going on?' The guard glanced over his shoulders nervously. He leaned in and whispered, "'I shouldn't be telling you this, but your brothers have signed a treaty with the toad.' They formed an alliance with the Dark Army? No, a peace treaty. They agreed to not interfere with the Dark Army's spread and to exile you from the kingdom. In exchange, the Dark Army will leave our people be. Magborn's eyes looked even more red. Betrayed by my own people. Hesper shook his head. No, your highness. Your brothers signed the treaty, and while many of our people did agree with the deal... Many are not happy about it. If you are one who is not happy, then let us pass. This girl is dying. If we don't get her to the heart soother soon, she won't make it. Hesper discreetly nodded to the guard towers next to the arching cliffs. I am being watched, your highness. If it were me alone, I would let you pass. But the other gods will attack us if I do. Everything all right down there? called one of the guards from the tower. "'I've got it, Groman!' Hesper shouted back. He turned back to Magborn. "'Before you go, sing song full of the dead snake, which jumping found prancing high, sprouting trees, shading seeds, storms in the rocks.' "'Storms in the rocks?' Magborn repeated. I looked between them both, "'What in all the moon's light were they saying?' "'Water springs in the sky,' the guard continued, growing more solemn. "'If you dance, let them dance. Two tongues make a hard jelly drop. "'Are you pleased with the whisper's eye?' "'I am,' Magborn nodded. "'Then two leaves on a hole help stop the voice from shaking. "'I wish the moles wiggle with the sun. "'Ah, the sun wiggles the moles greatly.' They bowed to each other, and Magborn turned to leave. I flew up to him. Did you just lose your mind? I asked sincerely. Why would you ask me that? You were babbling nonsense back there. That wasn't nonsense, Scrub. That was rosy. It's an old street language spoken years ago by the poorest rose fairies. The few that still speak it use it as code. He was hiding his words from the guards in the tower. I scratched my head. That actually meant something? What did he say? It was a message from the Gnome King. Most of the clans have been shadowed by the dark, and all the stones, except for yours, have been captured. There are few who will stand with us now. He stopped to face me. We'll need a miracle, Will. For her and for the little good that still remains in the realm. He said the heart-soother is guarded by minions and rose soldiers loyal to my brothers. Our only hope now is to defeat Tim, and pray to Mother Moon that defeating the Dark One is enough to change your sister back. I looked at Em, who was quietly wheezing. Then we must confront Tim now with what we have. That's right, Mag sighed. The last part of the message said that the Dark One intends to go to the Tree of the Dead. Apparently, that is the place where they will perform a ritual to confirm his position as the Dark One. We'll meet him there. Magborn nodded. Have you thought about what you must do if Tim doesn't change? I looked down at him. I know what must be done. Good. Hesper pledged his loyalty to me. He told me he'd quietly rally what soldiers he could. It was a gesture of respect, but I'm afraid too many of my people have chosen to follow my brothers. They've taken the path of least resistance. I expect only a few besides Hesper himself will come to our call. I'm sorry, I said. You deserve better. We all deserve better. If all they can worry about is themselves... Then I have failed as their king. It's not your example they're following, I assured him. It's your brother's. Even so, I must not have done a good enough job of showing them the advantages of choosing the light. Magborn, your example is the reason I'm here. Your light shines brightly. Magborn smiled through his braided beard. Thanks, scrub. Your light... Twinkle's now and again, too." There was a buzzing sound overhead. I looked up and saw several hummingbirds flying towards the ocean. An idea came to me. I whistled and one of the hummingbirds flew down to us. "'What are you doing?' Mags asked. "'Trust me,' I said. I bowed to the hummingbird. It was a beautiful creature, smooth green with a purple-white belly. He was twice my size. Are you delivering a message? The hummingbird's sharp beak quickly wrote a word in the dirt. Returning. Ah, you're returning from sending a message. Then you're free to deliver another. Scrub, I want you to tell all clans that have not been shadowed by the dark to meet at the Tree of the Dead. We need their help. Tell them to get there as soon as they can. Can you do that? The hummingbird tilted its head and then wrote in the dirt with its beak. Yes. That's a lofty request for one hummingbird, Magborn whispered. I ignored him. Thank you, I told the bird. We need every creature of light to stand up against the Dark Army. If you can tell at least one good fairy this news, I will be most grateful. The hummingbird dipped its head again and wrote, Light. I bowed to it. Light, I said. The hummingbird flew off and joined the others. As we watched them zip off over the water, a ship came into view. The jolly leafer, Magborn beamed. She survived your spell. Don't sound so surprised. I touched Em's arm. It was ice cold. Don't worry, Em. The leafer's returned. We'll get to Tim and put an end to all of this. Keep fighting. As soon as the Jolly Leafer sailed up to the shore, winnie Lou, and Oliver hopped out to greet us, while the rest of the Orchid clan stayed on board. winnie Lou, I gave the Pixie knots a hug and stopped in front of Oliver. Oliver, good to see you. Right. I could tell he was uncomfortable. He could barely look me in the eye. What's happened? Winnie ran over to Emerald, who was still cradled in Magborn's arms. "'She sipped darkened water,' I said. "'That's how Timothy's growing his army.' "'We know,' Lou said. "'Pretty boy here captured a Luna who told us all about it.' "'You did?' "'Magborn looked at Oliver, surprised. "'We did,' Oliver said proudly. "'That's not all it told us. "'It said the light can be pushed through water, "'but not as easily as Dark Pixie.' "'I looked at him.' Then there's a chance. I turned to Winnie. We're heading to the Tree of the Dead to stop Tim. We may be on our own. We aren't afraid of the Dark Army, Oliver said, folding his arms. We don't care if there are more minions than trees. What about the Rose Clan? Winnie said hopefully. Magborn frowned. I'm afraid my people have chosen another path. There was a long silence. "'Does that path lead to the Tree of the Dead?' Lou asked. "'It does not.' "'So it really is just us,' Winnie said. "'It may be,' Mag said sadly. "'There's enough light here to blind half an army,' I said. "'Tim might have changed the entire kingdom into minions, "'but this is one fairy he can't have.' "'I touched Emerald. "'What are we waiting for?' Lou said. Let's get to that big ugly tree. We boarded the jolly leafer and set a course for the black forest, home to the tree of the dead. Magborn showed me the route on the living map. There was a small patch of dark forest as far east as the map would go. At the center of it was an itty bitty dead tree. I could almost smell the charred, burnt wood when observing the forest up close. It didn't look like a very welcoming place. While Oliver and the pixie told the rest of the orchids the plan, I sat with Emerald in the crow's nest at the top of the mast, the giant leaf sail filled with air next to us. I touched my Zaxlin's handle. Does she have a chance? I whispered. She is a strong pixie wielder, Gabriel said in my mind. But is she strong enough? She may be. I have seen greater things come to pass. You must trust yourself. Trust the light. The dark feeds on fear. The light feeds on hope. Hold on to hope, Willem. I will be by your side. I know. I gazed out over the waves that shimmered under the setting sun. What if I can't change her back? You're a good king, Willem. Good kings surround themselves with good people, and good people always help a good king in need. What if my people are now minions? If that were true, you would have seen it in your dreams. Timothy marching on the Daffodil Kingdom would be emotional enough for you to share the experience. I hope that's true. See? You are hoping. That is good. I laughed. Then, pulling out my flute, I played Gabriel, one of his favorite lullabies, until he fell asleep. I laid next to M, high above the deck, listening to the waves crash against the boat. A crescent Mother Moon gazed down at me, surrounded by countless stars. Fill me with hope, Mother Moon, I prayed. Spare my people. Spare Magborn, the Pixie Nots, the Orchids. M... Take me if one of us should perish. Em is too good to... You know her. She talks to you. We need her. Keep her light shining. Light. Once I'd made sure Em was tucked under the blankets, I rolled over and drifted off to sleep. Tim's voice consumed my dreams. I saw the tree of the dead an enormous white tree with twisting, leafless branches. The holes in its trunk were deep, black, and wet. One of them moved like a mouth when Tim's voice spoke. It's not too late to bow to the Dark One. (coughs) I'd rather die, I shouted. The tree laughed. (laughs) Your sister will be joining me soon. "'Drink the water yourself, and I will make you both captains of the Dark Army. "'You will be free of your burden as king. "'I have no desire to destroy you, Will.' "'I don't want to destroy you either,' I replied. "'But this has to stop. "'You can stop this, Tim. "'Come back to Emerald Creek with us. "'We'll start over.' "'There's no turning back.' I am the Dark One. Timothy Toad is no more. From what I hear, you aren't the Dark One until you go to the tree and make it official. The tree froze. What have you heard? Enough. If you don't stop this madness, Tim, I will stop you. By whatever means necessary. Timothy croaked. (laughs) So. Be it. The tree of the dead was replaced by a vast forest of black trees. Timothy's voice carried through the dark canopies. I will be waiting for you here. The scene burned itself into my memory. Gradually, the dark dreams faded, and I stopped tossing and turning. As I slept, Emerald sat up next to me. She stared straight ahead as if in a sleepy daze. She fluttered out of the crow's nest and down to the deck. She shuffled down the steps into the hull, passing snoring orchids and pixie knots until she reached the bottom of the boat. There she stood, alone, in a dark storage room full of boxes and barrels. A single pixie lantern swung lazily on the wall. Slowly, She drew her sister blades. Their voices of protest filled her mind, but she remained expressionless. She rammed the blades into the floor, giving an extra pixie push to sink the blades down to the handles. Then, with a burst of pixie, she yanked them free. Water gushed from the two holes and splashed into the room. With a cold smile, She turned and walked back up the stairs. Rocketeers, thank you for listening to this episode of Winglings and the Fairy Kings. Thank you, Mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping edit the story, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. I'm going to read a couple Apple reviews. It's been a while. I keep forgetting to do this. This one doesn't have a name attached to it, but it says, I love this podcast, five stars. Hi, I love this show, but can you make the episodes available sooner? Not every two weeks or so. I can't wait for the next Winglings episode. The suspense is killing me. And then some cool colored blocks. It's like a Tetris code or something. Thanks for leaving the review. I, every two weeks is the best I can do, you guys, because every other week I'm also doing a new episode on the Rocketeer Club side. So those who are Rocketeer Club members are getting a new episode every week right now. Yeah, so every other week for Winglings is the best I can do. Sorry, guys, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. And yeah, the suspense is killing me too. I've also seen some reviews about people being confused as to what is going on with some of those past episodes. Please go check out the website, and you'll learn more about the Rocketeer Club, which is a way to get access to the full back catalog of ad-free Purple Rocket episodes. You get some activity books, and you'll get a bonus series. So check it out at purplerocketpodcast.com if you haven't done so already. And Rocketeers, thank you so much for the reviews you're leaving, for the feedback I'm getting to help improve the Rocketeer Club. I really, really appreciate it. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.